Welcome to You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind with Katherine Potter. Are you ready to deep dive into a better understanding of how your mind, body, and relationships to everything else in your world come together? For the next hour, we invite you to embark on a journey of discovery and connections. Now, here's your host, Katherine Potter. Hi everyone, my name is Katherine Potter and I'd like to welcome you to You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind. For those of you who are new to the show, each week we explore topics that support the idea that everything and everyone is interconnected and in relationship. Today we are going to take a look at energetic boundaries. As we go about our daily life, for most part, we are not aware of the unseen lines of energy that connect us to people or to past and future events. It is similar to the way our body works. We move through our day without thinking about all the interwoven responses our body makes. And yet, connections are being made. Invisible pathways of energy are created and reinforced, which results in tangible events. When we begin to take a holistic approach to creating vibrant health and fulfilling relationships, we inevitably end up taking a closer look at the unseen yet powerful attractions and energy connections at work in our lives. In order to recreate something yummy or not repeat something painful, we begin to ask questions such as who am I and why did I become involved with that person or situation? Once we start to examine our lives and make a choice to create our world from the inside out, a good first step is to create healthier energetic boundaries. Today's guest is Jonathan Hooten, an integrative body psychotherapist, and he is going to talk about why it's important to create healthy energy boundaries. Welcome, Jonathan. Thank you, Catherine. Yeah, it's good to have you on. Uh, it's good to have you here. Yes. And it's good to be here too, yeah. Catherine. So, Jonathan, before we start about energy boundaries, I love finding out what attracted a person into the field they're in. And so I know originally you were trained as a biochemist, correct? That's right. Um, and then found your way into the integrative healing modalities and in particular body-centered psychotherapies. So tell us what brought you into this field. Um, a tragedy brought me into this field. It was the suicide of my brother 37 years ago which changed my life and I started to ask questions about what's going on, how come he killed himself, what's going on um, in my family, in myself. It was a wake-up call in many ways. So you were still working in the field as a biochemist and starting your, your self-exploration? Self right, Is that was correct? it. Um, went to counseling, it really woke me up, just the whole um, the whole episode of his death, uh, the grieving, the um, and the big questions that came with that. His why would he kill himself? Um, and seeing the amount of pain in the family system, uh, which I learned more and more as I've gone through. Um, that's how it all started. It's often the way, right? That that 
some people just start out choosing these paths, but I found often there's some event that acts like a catalyst and gets person on a different uh, career path and beyond career path. It's probably become a path for you. Oh, definitely a catalyst and definitely a, a more real uh, path for me. Uh, the biochemistry one, very interesting, but not the passion. This is a passion. This is a passion. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. I know it's, you know, never easy to share that, those types of information. It probably gets easier over time, but requires vulnerability. So I appreciate you sharing that, what got you involved. So Jonathan, I know you teach about energetic boundaries amongst, among, and some other things, but first, can you just tell us what, uh, define what an energetic boundary is for anybody that that's a new um, word, new language? Uh, it's the way we um, perceive the, essentially the, we perceive the distance between us and another person. Uh, you know, the expression like he was in my face is an example that someone's too close. Um, so we have around us, um, we have a, a physical boundary, for instance, the skin, which we all know we have, but we also have an energetic boundary that tells us what feels safe and what feels connecting with other people. And that's different for each of us and it's different in different situations. Sorry, so in different situations, you mean with different people? With um, that, that, that is changing? Yeah, it changes with different people and it changes with the same person. Um, for some people, we have energy boundaries that are walls. So we don't really let anyone close to us. We don't open up to them. We're not vulnerable with them. Uh, we create a safe space by creating a wall. And sometimes we need walls if somebody's attacking us. Uh, we need to be able to say no. So some people don't have an energy boundary that says, no, I cannot say no. There's no sense of who I am. Uh, there's uh, only, I can only let people in. I don't have a, a space that says, here I am. Um, there's no real sense of boundary for me. And I will go into other people's space if I don't know my own space. Okay, so that's an important point. So I just want to clarify yep. um, that I think I heard what you said, that you're saying if somebody doesn't have healthy energetic boundaries or good enough sense of themselves, it's not only that they can't say no, but they don't recognize when they are stepping in or overstepping somebody else's boundary. Is that what you just said? That, that's exactly right. Um, one teacher, this is in a different system, the constellation system, says most or all problems in with people are either we let them come into our boundaries without permission or we go into someone else's boundary. We invade somebody without permission. Um, so this is, uh, for some people, I think they would immediately get this. For other people, I think they don't notice as much energetic boundaries, but like a physical boundary, a physical boundary is a door closed, right? So typically we're not going to go into a door, uh, uh, with a door closed, we knock. So can you give us um, what immediately comes to mind, and tell me if I'm correct, um, 
if somebody gets on an elevator with you and some people you make yourself small and some people you make you're fine you're not contracting and I think it's almost instinctive would you call that an energy boundary because you're responding to something in the other person and so I'm asking that just to clarify for people who maybe aren't familiar uh, yes, we do this instinctively. Uh, well, most of us do this instinctively, or somebody doesn't feel right. So, yes, we'll you say retract. We may move back from them. Uh, other people we may feel attracted to and move towards. Um, mostly this is learned experientially. It's actually in our bodies that we know it. Um, not, it's not a thinking process. We don't decide whether somebody we want to be close or not. It's actually within our um, nervous system that tells us when it's okay to be close to someone, when it's not okay. Um, so I'm not quite sure where to go on. From no, there. so that's that's interesting because what you said was it's within our nervous system, right? right? And so you're talking about something instinctive yes. that without thinking about it, we are responding or reacting. I'm not sure which word. As to me, response means I'm more mindful of it. But we're reacting energetically to unspoken cues that we're getting from somebody else. Is it body language? Is it? This is kind of fascinating, right? Uh, I would say definitely a body language will give us clues. Um, and it's a felt sense. Uh, this is that we feel it within us. Uh, often um, gut feelings would be an example of, oh, this person doesn't feel right. I got, oh, I don't, don't feel right about this person. It will be in the gut. And maybe I'll move away, move back, not connect. So the, um, ideally, we have flexible boundaries that tell us whether it's okay to be with someone or not. Uh, we can create a wall with our boundary and say no, hand up, no. Um, so that's body language. Or we can feel a connection and want to um, explore or be with that connection. So it's a more flexible boundary then. And that changes if we feel um, we need some space. I mean, typically, a typical example of a boundary is I need space. So I need a bit more space from you. Other times I need to be closer to you. So it's very much um, constantly changing if our boundaries are healthy. If the boundaries are not healthy, that we don't have any boundaries, so we let anybody in, we can't say no, or we go into other people's space. Or another unhealthy boundary is we only have a wall, so nobody's allowed in. Nobody. Okay, so, so that's interesting. So the potential for either having healthy boundary or one that's just not there or one that is always up. And I've heard people who I would say are quite receptive go, oh, I'm trying to learn how to create a wall, right? Which I think what they're trying to say is to be aware of their responses to people or they're feeling overwhelmed or so um, fascinating. So what I heard you say, which kind of caught my attention is you're saying within a relationship, no matter what the relationship be, the boundaries are, I'm asking this now, the boundaries are meant to change, meaning sometimes it's like I need my own space, sometimes I need you to push away a little bit. Is is that what you said? Uh, yes, that we 
um, sort of ideally, if we have flexible boundaries, we will know when we need space, mm-hmm. and we will know when we need closeness, mm-hmm. and we will. Um, it will shift all the time. All the time, our boundaries are shifting. Um, there's this um, understanding in our all systems, all biological systems, have uh, expansion contraction. You know, the tides. Um, our breath is expansion, contraction, our hearts, expansion, contraction, and relationships are expansion, contraction, all the time. Uh, When we're unhealthy or they're not healthy, then that movement isn't happening in in our energetic boundary as well. We don't, either we want to be with somebody all the time, close all the time, or we can never join with someone so um, often people talk about boundaries as if they're walls. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the current language I hear a lot is, oh, he crossed my boundary. Oh, I need a boundary here. And that always that gives the impression that boundaries are walls. Whereas boundaries are also contact is how we connect with people. Often, and I see this in the office a lot, um, and particularly with couples, uh, one may feel that they have to be close all the time, but actually when they have a bit more space, then the connection comes. They actually feel the connection with each other rather than what is supposed to happen. This idea of a relationship always being close is uh, can be inaccurate. Wow. Okay, so that's something we want to pursue a little bit more. Uh, We're going to be taking a break in a second, and I think Jonathan just said something that we can all relate to, because when we're talking relationships, we're not just talking romantic relationships, we're talking about all sorts of relationships, and there is, what I'm hearing you say is there's something healthy in being together and also having space, having your own space. So we're going to look at that a little bit more. So come back and listen to what Jonathan has to say um, about being close and also holding our own space. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you curious about your unique astrological blueprint? Would you like guidance on how to work consciously with the planetary cycles affecting your life? Are you ready to expand your horizons and release limiting beliefs or patterns that inhibit your growth and happiness? With insight, compassion, and experience, Catherine Potter holds a clear place for your unfolding evolution. For more information, go to catherinepotter.ca. That's catherinepotter.ca. Are you a budding or closet metaphysician, mystic, or astrologer? Do you want to find out about upcoming programs, workshops, lectures, or retreats? You'll want to sign up for Catherine's free monthly newsletter and stay up to date with informative articles and workshop information. Visit catherinepotter.ca to subscribe. From astrology to hypnotherapy and mysticism, you'll stay up to date on classes, consultations, and more. Visit catherinepotter.ca and stay in touch today. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is you, the universe, the holistic mind with Katherine Potter. To reach the show today, please send an email to Potter at shaw.ca. That's Potter at shaw.ca. Now back to you, the universe, the holistic mind. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I'm talking to Jonathan Hooten, a body-centered therapist, and he's talking to us about how important having healthy energetic boundaries are and how our relationships can be healthier when we have a good sense of our own boundaries and respect other people's boundaries. And so, Jonathan, for people just tuning in, we're not talking about physical boundaries. We're talking about the more subtle boundaries, and you were saying something fascinating that our nervous system responds automatically to that. So, you know, some people have played with these ideas, other people have not. So I'm going to ask you, how can an energetic boundary be demonstrated in an experiential way? And we'll make it we'll make it visual for our listeners. So yeah, how can how can you know for people to say I'm more tangible? Tell me what that looks like. So one way I learned is to use um, wool yarn, so a string or a rope. And really this only comes across by doing it. Um, So this will be an idea for those listening who haven't done anything like this. But to put a rope around you or a piece of yarn, unroll it around oneself and notice what happens in the body. Uh, often people are cut off from actually what is happening in the body. So it can take time to actually let the body tell you what is happening. And for instance, I'm thinking of um, clients, several, who will put this rope almost immediately around them. So almost tie it around themselves as if that is the limit of their their space. So are you saying close, close to them? They're taking this rope and they're, it's like they're creating a bow around themselves. And um, just to let you know, listeners, Catherine then, her whole body shrank. And that's a good indication of what it feels like when I really don't have a sense of a right to my own boundary, my own space. And in several instances, I've seen clients or suggested to them that they actually make a little bit more space for themselves. Uh, Mm. And some of the answers, responses, or typical responses, oh my goodness, that's who I am. Somebody who's felt totally crushed within themselves, haven't felt they have a right to have a space, which means a right to have a voice, a right to to claim oneself. Another way is um, I find most people don't, aren't aware how much space they need. And when they do this, they find that if they open the space more, they actually feel more alive. There's more energy in the body 
and there's more room for a relationship. I'm going to pause you here for a second. I think what you're saying is so incredibly important. So we're not even talking about another right now. We're talking about our relationship to self. That's right. And finding out just with a piece of yarn around us how comfortable we are in in having our own space. It's something I often refer to as my breathing space. I need some breathing space. I want back away. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. And just okay. to um, really good example Catherine gave just now. With both hands, she's saying, I need breathing space and actually pushing away with both hands. So it's our bodies that tell us what our our space is. And many people in our culture, we're taught not to listen to our bodies. It's called, we override our body sensations to be good, um, to fit in with what is the Mm. right way of doing Mm. things, rather actually listening to what's happening uh, in our bodies. Mm-hmm. And what what we need at this moment. So first step is just playing with some yarn, with some rope, and noticing how comfortable you feel. That's actually, because everybody, I'm assuming, just doing that will have some type of response. Uh, be a bit careful with that. For some people who are totally disconnected from their bodies, um, and there's a good reason that we're disconnected, Often that's because of trauma. So we've shut down what our body is telling us because at times it was too painful. So this is, you know, the classic um, expression of he's in his head. Um, Yes. People only in their head, only intellectual. Um, It's a way of avoiding uh, what's in the body as well. What we feel or sense or, okay. Right. All right. So that's a really nice first step. Okay, so then what happens, um, and people play with this, they come to see you or they can do it at home. I hope our listeners take what Jonathan is saying and play with it at home. It's kind of a fun experiment, isn't it? Well, fun or, I don't, I always think anything that teaches me more about myself and the world is fun, but maybe at least it's an informative. (laughs) I'm I'm going to agree with you and say it's fun. Yes. Okay, good. Um, So... Then how do, so so those energetic boundaries, that rope, so to speak, is basically um, saying this is my limit? Is that what you're saying? Uh, this is, I'm asking now. Um, it's saying this is my space, um, and it's really helping to listen to what my body is saying. So many people don't listen to what their bodies are they saying. They override, yeah. They override and um, burnout. Is, burnout is a typical typical example of not listening to oneself. Yeah. Um, this would be interesting. I, you know, I'm, my mind instantly goes to not just for one-on-one, but work situations, um, employers and employees really being willing uh, to allow a person to... To know people on that level, for somebody to say, this is too much for me, this is not enough for me, this is, I mean, wow, I, I, I'm, I'm just, every time I talk to someone, I think, oh, hey, you should be out teaching this <laughs> a whole world. It, it sounds like it would be politicians um, and all kinds of things. Uh, it starts very young. Uh, we learn our boundaries from our parents initially, um, or caretakers. And if they don't have boundaries and don't recognize boundaries for children, uh, 
we as children don't learn them. And so we're taught very early in school, um, early in childhood, not to listen. We're not allowed to have, to say, no, that's, that's too much for me. So let's pause here for a moment because this is really important. What you're saying is that we're learning our, our, these unseen boundaries um, from our early environment. So there is, people are way more educated now about children. So do you find that there's more of an openness to teaching children that, whether it be in the school system or like compared to when I grew up? That is that would not have even been part of the language. Um, oh, definitely. Certainly, I knew nothing about it. Um, I was brought up in a British um, boarding school system where certainly there was no um, acknowledgement of uh, a self that could determine determine myself. Um, I don't know much about children now. I mainly work with adults, and I see the effects from early childhood with adults. I look at my grandchildren and see how much they're able to say um, what is a right or not. They've all been through the terrible twos and threes now, which is a big uh, stage of creating boundaries for a child to say no, um, to have a sense of what is my space and what isn't. And it's typical for teenagers start locking their doors, um, their bedroom doors. And I don't know if anyone saw um, Love Actually. There's a lovely um, scene in that of a young 30, I can't remember how old he is, but he now has big signs on his doors, keep out and things like that. Keep out. Those are all boundary, uh, energetic boundaries as well. Of course. And and healthy, right? Oh, very healthy. Yes, Yes. Yes. And so, obviously, if a child is allowed to have boundaries, they're also at the same time learning to respect somebody else's, even if it's not named. Would you say that's true? Uh, I would say it's absolutely true. Um, those those who are brought up with good boundaries with parents, or parents who allow them to um, take care of themselves in this way, don't need to um, verbalize it or articulate it because it's there in the body. Mm-hmm. But for so many people, uh, certainly I've had to learn and change, um, that's not known. It's not aware. We're not aware of what's been going on. So for me, when I first started doing this, I was aware of the boundary and then learned that it, um, I didn't know how to take care of myself that way. So I'm energetically aware of my boundary, but didn't feel I had permission to take care of it and claim it and say no. So big learning experience yes. for you, yeah. right? Yes. And you mentioned grandchildren. So obviously a parent, I would think I am also a parent. Right. And I think sometimes love or fear will ha- probably often have parents overstepping boundaries because I know in, I mean, I, pff, I this is an area I have to work hard on because we don't want harm to come too, right? And so I would think probably you hear that a lot, that um, that as a parent, it's hard to keep healthy boundaries, or it takes work. On my part, it took work. Maybe I'm not, I shouldn't speak for everybody. I think it depends on how we're parented too. Um, things are changing massively now about learning about um, what children need. Mm-hmm. Uh, compared mm-hmm. with what um, 
parents needed or what the school system needed that's changing now there's massive shifts in understanding what children need to be healthy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we will pass on whatever we were given as, as children so as children um, we will parent the way we were parented until we learn differently until, until exactly. we learn differently exactly <laughs> right yeah okay so Jonathan I mean this is fascinating fascinating topic we're about ready to go to break again and when we come back let's talk a little bit more about um that can lead to unhealthy boundaries and what types of emotions can lead or what sorts of things breaks that down you know and 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 doesn't give person permission to just say Yes, no, I need space. All right, everybody, we're going to break. And when we come back, Jonathan's going to share a little bit more about energetic boundaries. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you curious about your unique astrological blueprint? Would you like guidance on how to work consciously with the planetary cycles affecting your life? Are you ready to expand your horizons and release limiting beliefs or patterns that inhibit your growth and happiness? With insight, compassion, and experience, Catherine Potter holds a clear place for your unfolding evolution. For more information, go to catherinepotter.ca. That's catherinepotter.ca. Are you a budding or closet metaphysician, mystic, or astrologer? Do you want to find out about upcoming programs, workshops, lectures, or retreats? You'll want to sign up for Catherine's free monthly newsletter and stay up to date with informative articles and workshop information. Visit catherinepotter.ca to subscribe. From astrology to hypnotherapy and mysticism, you'll stay up to date on classes, consultations, and more. Visit catherinepotter.ca and stay in touch today. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is you, the universe, the holistic mind with Katherine Potter. To reach the show today, please send an email to Potter at shaw.ca. That's Potter at shaw.ca. Now back to you, the universe, the holistic mind. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I am talking with Jonathan Hooten, and we're talking about energy boundaries, and we were talking about how it's important to have healthy boundaries and to know when something feels good or doesn't feel good for us is a simple way of saying it. And so, Jonathan, you work with both individuals and couples, correct, in a counseling and teaching 
Yes. Oh, yes, yes. yes. Uh, and in workshops, do all this in workshops as well. Yes. Yes. So can you give us a little bit of an example? Let's say you've been working with somebody and they are now bringing a partner in. And so talk a little bit about what that looks like. So there's the person in their energetic space with a rope or whatever. Tell us what it looks like when you're working with a couple. So there are various ways that this shows up. Um, The most delicious, delightful one is to see a couple Uh, find their own space with their boundaries, with their rope, and find a connection then. Then this can take some time to manage or experiment between them. What, What is the space that says I can really connect with you? And this is really important, particularly with couples who come in very angry, really can't um, engage and deal with the issue directly. They're all caught caught up in their emotions. But when they have some space, now they can start to engage and actually feel each other. Um, A heart connection can happen. Uh, Another example, which is much more difficult if one puts down their own space and then the other one puts their rope not only around themselves, but around their partner. Okay, so that, when you say that, takes a little bit of my breath away. It's like, whoa. That's right. (laughs) It's like, oh my goodness. Okay, continue. So this is is an example of merging. Um, Really, I can't exist without you. I don't have a separate self. Hmm. I only have a self if I'm with you. I need you to be, for me to be me. Do you see that quite often? It's... um, I'm just curious. Is that I'm, a I'm common curious. response? Um, I've seen it a few times. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think most people are happier with their own space. With their own space. I've seen um, in one workshop two people doing it. So these are not related people, but they both put their own boundary around the other one. So this is double round boundary around both of them. Wow. Yeah. So again, very much emerging. Um, I'm trying to think of any other situations like that I've seen. So I just want to clarify. So you'd have two people, like I know at an introductory level, but two people come in and give them each their own rope and ask them to set first their personal boundaries. Right. And then are you? And then you're not saying get this close or sit across. You're just letting them find their way. Is that correct? That's right. So oh, that must seem, I bet you for some people, just that alone must be eye-opening. Oh, it can be. And body yeah. body opening. Yeah. Really, yeah. that's the, um, yeah. the big piece about this. This is embodied. It's in our bodies that we get the information, not by thinking it. Yes. And for many people who don't have boundaries, um, have to spend much of their time thinking to work out how to be safe. Whereas our bodies will tell us if we're in tune with actually what's going on. So when you say thinking, thinking, I always think about it's we're overthinking because we're not al- allowing that connection of feeling too, right. right? Yeah, we're working too hard when we're, yeah. And we can have boundaries that are directional. So if we are um, traumatized with unresolved trauma that's still in the system, we can be hypervigilant. And we can be hypervigilant in a particular direction. So that may be the direction an attack came from um, sometime in the past. 
So we'll tend to only look in that place. Okay. Can you pause for a second? Because you just said something really juicy. (laughs) Um, So you're saying, and I know probably everybody's had some type of trauma. It's hard to get past being a teenager without something, loss or whatever. But you're saying when somebody is storing trauma that, Um, sometimes it can be directional. So I think what I'm hearing you say is that they're sitting in their space and their eyes are going to something. Is that what you're saying? So they can be either hypervigilant in one direction. In one direction. They keep looking at one direction. Or they can avoid that direction. The elephant in the room. That's right. Yes. So I'm not, there's a big thing in the room here, but nothing to see, right? right. Okay. So an example is of a client not so long ago who, um, having worked through some of this stuff, started noticing things in the office. She hadn't seen anything. Yeah. She really hadn't seen many of the articles in the, uh, actually furniture she hadn't seen because... She wasn't present, right? Yes, Fully and, there. Uh, really wasn't aware of her space around her. So you're saying that as she began to work through some of these issues and and connect it yes. to herself, then all of a sudden she saw things that were always there, but, right. okay, and there's a statement. Yes. And there's a statement, period. I mean, isn't that always the way, just even when we think about creating something in the universe, in our world, that it's like we can't see what's right there in front of us, and then right. we clear a block and all of a sudden it's like oh hey I'm noticing this help or this resource or whatever cool so um, so I'd like so when you're working with a couple it doesn't have to just be a partner it can be parent and children and is this correct yes and what I'm really seeing more and more is when Parents um, use a child as an emotional partner, for instance. Okay, let's talk a little bit more about that because I think that is um, probably quite important. So flesh that out a little bit. So you're saying a parent uses a child as an emotional partner. Did I say what you said? Right. Okay. So here's an example of a client who told me, I didn't have a childhood. I was my mother's confidant. Mm. So that's an example. And when that happens, uh, this is also called covert incest, when a a parent uses a child emotionally Mm -hmm. um, to fill a gap that their partner can't fill or emotionally doesn't fill. So I'm going to just, I want to continue with this, but I just want to say for our listeners, it's really important we approach this in a compassionate, non-judgmental way. Because when those types of things happen, it's not someone doing it for most part on purpose. Mm -hmm. They're, They're in trauma too, or something's happened, or they don't understand boundaries. But I think it's an important issue. So talk to us a little bit more about it, Jonathan. So in terms of non-judgment, it's really important because this is often um, transgenerational. It comes down through the family systems. So you're saying a pattern that yes. that somebody learned through their parents or their grandparents or right. blah, blah. So an example yeah. would be um, mother loses her, say mother loses her mother when she is, when mother is three years old. Mm -hmm. So she loses her mother. Mm -hmm. Now when she has a child, she'll look to her child to fill the loss that her, when she lost her mother. 
So you're saying at the same age? Uh, probably uh, at the same age. Oh, I, I just was curious. Sorry, my yeah. mind went to the same age. Okay. It could well be at the same age. Now okay. at three, I don't know how to mother my daughter, but I'm looking for my daughter to fill the space that my mother left when she died. So to be more exact, grandmother dies when mother is three years old. And now when she has a child, she'll look to her child to mother her. Because the parent wasn't there to do it right. for her. And so it's this complicated relationship. Right. So that, and then the child is getting what message? She's getting uh, one message, I can be big as my mother. I can be just like my mother. I can be an adult, it makes the child big. But it also means I don't have boundaries. I don't learn boundaries. I don't learn to be separate from my mother. I don't learn to be separate from my mother, okay. And is there anything in there I, I don't learn to be a child or am I'm allowed to be a child? I'm, I'm definitely, I don't learn to be a child. I don't get to be a child. I get to be a parent or a partner of mine. And I'm two or three or four or five or six or whatever age exactly. that might be. Yes. And so there's a, I'm asking this, even if it sounds like a statement, but what I'm hearing is you say that then there's a, a gap in a person's experience. And uh, a lack of boundaries. A lack of boundaries. Right. Um, I'm, I'm merged. I'm still merged with my parent. I'm still, um, I don't really form my own identity. So I'm going to take this back to the rope again. Yes. So, so because I think it gives people a really good visual. So I know, you, uh, just give us an idea of what that would look like if you had that, and I'm assuming it now would be an adult child, right. in the room with the parent. Um, what might those two energetic roped off spaces look like? So the mother might well, or the father, doesn't it? It's, it's non-gendered. Yeah. Both, both parents. Of this course. is not just about yeah, mother. Yeah. Uh, the parent might put their boundary around their child. And what would the child do? Uh, it might shrink. Oh. Whoa, Jonathan. Yes, yes, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Because um, I, I really don't have myself. Mm-hmm. And I don't actually get parented. Mm-hmm. So, so it, be, it becomes confusing. And then obviously or I'm saying obviously my mind's now going, and then of course, that is how that child, and we're talking an adult child now, right. but that is how that child um, goes into relationships. That's right, and uh, that child believes that they can uh, rescue people, um, that they can fix other people, mm. because that's the mm-hmm. dynamic with the parent. I can fix you. I can that's save you. That's my job. That, that's right. Yeah. And uh, this is how most therapists become therapists. <laughs> okay. I just heard Jonathan say something, but I'm going to clarify. <laughs> I think I know what you said. <laughs> but you're saying that unless any type of therapist has taken the time to understand their own dynamics and their own energy boundaries. They can be enmeshed fixers as opposed to helping people find their way. Is that what you just so subtly said? I think you said that beautifully, Catherine. (laughs) Right. It took me a second. I thought, what did he just say? Of course, of course, which is... 
a hard job being a fixer. It is, uh, yes. Yes, yes. And a burnout, yeah. burnt out fixer. Of course, because how can you not? Right. How can you not? Because as a child, one is spending one's whole life trying to fix things. And then you become the adult who chooses that or right. is attracted to yes. that type of occupation that yes. gives you, unless you spent the time, and then it's going to change. Then you shift from being a fixer to a? Um, a supporter, I think. And a really, supporter. Yes, a support people to be, be themselves. Okay. So now that we've Drop that lovely tidbit of information. We are about to go to break. (laughs) And when we come back with Jonathan, we are going to continue to explore this fascinating, fascinating world of energetic boundaries. So stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you curious about your unique astrological blueprint? Would you like guidance on how to work consciously with the planetary cycles affecting your life? Are you ready to expand your horizons and release limiting beliefs or patterns that inhibit your growth and happiness? With insight, compassion, and experience, Catherine Potter holds a clear place for your unfolding evolution. For more information, go to CatherinePotter.ca. That's CatherinePotter.ca. Are you a budding or closet metaphysician, mystic, or astrologer? Do you want to find out about upcoming programs, workshops, lectures, or retreats? You'll want to sign up for Catherine's free monthly newsletter and stay up to date with informative articles and workshop information. Visit CatherinePotter.ca to subscribe. From astrology to hypnotherapy and mysticism, you'll stay up to date on classes, consultations, and more. Visit CatherinePotter.ca and stay in touch today. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is you, the universe, the holistic mind with Katherine Potter. To reach the show today, please send an email to Potter at shaw.ca. That's Potter at shaw.ca. Now back to you, the universe, the holistic mind. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm talking to Jonathan Hooten, and we are having this fascinating conversation that I think is helpful for everybody uh, about energetic boundaries and how that can help us in our work life, in our personal life, in every area of our life. And so, Jonathan, can you just give a couple of examples of, uh, of what types of actions, um, what an action might look like, or a couple of actions of somebody who doesn't have healthy boundaries? Well, uh, from a speaking point of view, um, not saying I, but we is a very word sorry, merged statement. We hear this from politicians um, all the time. We think this, we think that. That's very unboundaried. Um, Speaking for someone um, 
is a way of being merged with them and not um, respecting a separate identity. Um, telling people what they want, telling people what they think. These are all, or I know what you want. You want to do this. Oh, the old mind reading. Right. So this, <laughs> those are all lack of boundaries. Okay. Okay. And so whether a person, you just gave, whether it be a politician, somebody in a workplace, somebody thinking they're being kind by speaking up for someone who might not be as comfortable speaking out. Is that what you're saying? I think that's a lovely example. I remember that when I was in my biochemistry world um, um, and I didn't, um, I was asked something, I couldn't answer it. And somebody else came in and spoke for me and said, I think what he's saying is this. Mm-hmm. That's a typical um, a rescuing, which doesn't actually help. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I didn't then get to say what I wanted to say. Would you have? I'm curious. At that time, no. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes blank space is okay. Uh, yeah, right? Very much so. I, yes. I think that's what I'm hearing you say. The world's not going to fall apart if somebody has not yet found their voice. Right. right. We don't always have to fill it with our thoughts. And Is that right? Yes, that's very correct. <laughs> There's a t-shirt or a bumper sticker. <laughs> is there? <laughs> oh, I see. Yes. <laughs> right? You don't always have to fill it with your thoughts. Okay. And so we're um, we've got a few minutes. Tell me what... What uh, what would be the most important thing that you would like to share with people? What well, helps? I think right. what matters most is the being embodied or knowing what's happening in our bodies, and that takes time. One way is actually just to notice whether even in the shopping queue, um, shopping line at the checkout, do you feel okay next to or not somebody? What happens in your body? Do you notice actually what's happening in your body when you're close to someone? Um, does your body tell you anything? Does it feel right? Does it not feel right? Do I need a bit more space? Um, does this person feel safe or not? These are all messages about whether it's safe or not. So I'm hearing that, and that's, I, I mean, I think it's a lovely practice to just be, like in everyday life, right? right? To stop and think, how is this affecting me? Not uh, to notice how it's affecting you. So, Jonathan, is it important and again, a question to make that about you and not make it about the other people, because I often see somebody always making it about the other person. Right. So I'm I'm if, if you can clarify that for me. Uh, right. When you uh, the example you used about, oh, I don't feel you didn't say it in this way, but oh, I want to back up a little bit from this person. How can that be about us and not like, oh, because this person is blah, blah, blah. How do we not go to a story about that, about the other person? Oh, by paying attention to actually what's happening in my body, I feel tight in my body. I need a bit more space. Okay. That doesn't judge them in any way. It's just what I need at the moment. I love it. So you're making it an I statement instead of a them statement. You're saying I need more space. And you're not in their space trying to figure out why you need space. It's that simple. I need more space. You said that delightfully. Thank you. That was really helpful. And uh, our bodies will tell us. So if I... For instance, I will feel a gut feeling of a tightness if something doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And that's that's enough. Just to say, oh, this doesn't feel right. I need a bit more space. And it's that simple. Yes. And I- if we only let it be that simple, right? right? Then we'd be laughing. Right. 
and the other person may need a bit more closeness or may need some space themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but we don't have to know why they're that way. I really, really have enjoyed this conversation. So this is just a tidbit about an amazing, vast, healthy uh, field of study. And so if any of you um, would like to... uh, Contact Jonathan. Jonathan, I'm going to um, have you give your, if you would be so kind as to let people know your website and an email address, if you would just say, so I don't, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the website is um, www.soul, so that's S-O-U-L dash or hyphen guide, G-U-I-D-E dot com. And my email address is based on the website. So Jonathan, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N at soul, S-O-U-L dash guide, G-U-I-D-E dot com. All right, Jonathan, thank you so much. Um, And I'm sure if uh, Jonathan can maybe refer to you to people in your area or whatever in his area, I really appreciate the information you came and shared with us. And as I said, I think this could be 10 shows and we would still only scratch the surface. But I think you gave some really good examples and I appreciate you sharing the information. And thank you for inviting me, Catherine. I've enjoyed this too. Thank you. So everybody, um, next week my guest is Doris Kieser, and we're going to talk about love. Uh, We're going to talk about the four types of love, what we do or don't do in the name of love, and how being love-filled is makes you um, magnetic for more love. And so I think it's timely that this is coming after this particular show so we even can look at what love is and what love isn't. So until then, I'm going to encourage everybody to take a few moments each week to become aware of your energetic boundaries. One of the things that I have found helpful is in the morning to just sit and create a space with my hands, not my head. Take a few breaths and I put one hand on my chest and one on my low belly and I just breathe in and out, noticing how I feel at the beginning of my day. And, you know, even if you have two minutes to do that, two minutes is better than than none at all. And the same thing at the end of the day. You're emptying, take, take time to notice how the day has impacted you, take a Again, create that energetic space with your hands and hand on the heart, hand on the belly. Take a few breaths and empty out what you need to empty out and notice how you're feeling. And having said that, I hope you all have a wonderful, enjoyable week and play with the idea that it's okay to give yourself time to become aware of your own space and allow other people theirs. So you have a good week and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening this week. Please join your host, Catherine Potter, for another edition of You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind, next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we speak again, have a great week.